Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever had a segment in your life where it was undeniable that God was doing something amazing? Like you literally felt the nudge and internally felt the dots connecting to the point that all you could do was look up in the sky and say, God, wow, God, I know that that's you. Like little things, like you just had a unctioning to call such and such or there was a particular issue that you were almost you know 100% in solving but it was like I'm missing a piece of the puzzle and I don't know exactly what and then boom God just either downloaded something in you had someone say something had you come across a tv a radio show a podcast or something that you were like Oh my goodness, this is now the answer and the resolve that I've been looking for. And the only way that I can explain it is that God knew that I needed this at this time. Have you ever had that? Well, the last couple of days that has rang true so much so that it's almost like I came up with a new ideal. Literally, I now understand that the way God's economy works is that we are the body of Christ, right? And so we each are to help each other get to a certain place. So I have now understood and fully accept the following. There is a person for your problem. Meaning, whatever it is that is an issue, yes, we are praying to God. Yes, we are getting assistance and tutoring from the Holy Spirit. But he always points you to a person to help solve your problem. And so I was like, okay, time out. I had to think about this. I was like, I remember that one time in graduate school, I was having a little bit of a difficulty nailing, kind of narrowing down what it is that I wanted to do until I asked a question to someone and she helped get me to that place. I was like, hmm. And then as of recently, I've been feeling this unctioning to go ahead and start really preparing for future. Now, I've always been a planner. And if you know me to this point, you know that now. I've always been a planner. I've always been someone that wanted to project five years and my 10 years and, you know, the short term goals and then my long term goals. I've always been that person for as long as I've known me. Okay. And then recently I felt this unctioning again to really start honing in on this whole thing with retirement and I don't know where it's coming from but again when you feel a push when you feel an unctioning I need you to go ahead and pay attention to that because only God knows why he is doing the thing and sometimes I would like to believe that he's like okay for the timeline that I have for you and the blessings that I have in the future I need you to veer off a little bit to this direction in order for you to be perfectly aligned to where I'm bringing you so when you feel those unctionings and you're like I have no idea why all of a sudden I feel up clear up my my debt I have no idea why all of a sudden I feel like really really saving I have no idea why all of a sudden I'm thinking about going to live in that particular state why I feel like I need to do this whatever that shift is whatever that plan is I need you to really hone into that because God is omnipresent he's looking at where you're at now looking at where he needs you to be and he's like okay I need you to go ahead and double down on this that and that and you need to go ahead and adhere to that because if you do not you will be like those brides in the bible that when they finally was getting ready to enter the wedding they didn't have enough oil to last them for the rest of the trip you don't want to be ill prepared 
And that's not even God's intention, which is why we get these small tokens, these little nudges, these little <clears throat> from the spiritual realm that says, hey, I need you to do that. I need you to let that person go. I need you to let that person into your heart. I need you to stop doing this. I need you to begin doing that. And it's these little bits and you're like, I don't know why all of a sudden this is happening but what I absolutely do know is that I feel the strong nudge to do this now and that is wisdom that the key operative word is now you don't do summer things in the winter and you're not doing winter things in the summer they may be the right things but it's out of season and God is very very strategic he is of divine order and so if he's telling you to do something now you don't put that off another season because you will be out of context and the blessing at that point is already out of line because you did not align to what he told you to do do you see what I'm saying and so this whole retirement thing that he's been doing with me, I'm like, okay, so what is it that you want me to do? So I don't even ask any more questions. I'm just like, okay, put me in coach and then tell me what my game plan is so I can go ahead and bring home the chip. I'm not even asking any other prerequisite questions because I don't need it. I'm spiritually mature to this point that I understand if you're telling me to do a thing, you've been mastering people's lives for a really long time. Let me go ahead and just follow whatever it is that you said to do. And when I was trying to get an idea of, okay, who could I talk to about this? I'm not even going to hold you. I felt a little down because I didn't have that many examples of people who retired in a reasonable fashion or, or, or respectfully, right, where they are retired and they're okay or they even had a job that they retired from. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. I feel a little bit kind of way. There was this one person at my job that she came back from retirement, but she worked so early in her life. She did it so early that she retired at 53. And I was like, huh, okay. And so I'm like, well, mm -mm, that's not my example because when I add 30 to my current age, uh, it don't look like nobody's 53, so let's try that again. Okay, so who else? So I went to, you know, someone else at my job, and I'm like, so how does this whole retirement thing work, and what's the best way to do it? And she gave me some advice, but I still felt like, mm, <laughs> I'm off a little bit. And so I slept on that, right? Went to sleep that night, was like, mm, feel some kind of way. Woke up today, and I felt this very soft comfort of nope actually let me back up before I went to bed last night I had a conversation with my husband I said you know what anytime that I experience a inkling of doubt I'm gonna go ahead and speak faith into it to the point that it is strangled and drowned and suffocated in my faith I am no longer going to allow doubt to be in competition of any magnitude with the thing that I'm believing God for. I don't care if my doubt is like, well, you know, that's not realistic, right? Well, girl, don't anybody from your family done such and such who, you know, that has done. I don't care if I don't see an example of it. I have faith enough that God's going to make the example out of me. And that's why I stand point blank, the period <laughs> you understand? And so last night I had to go ahead and fan my flame, fan my faith like I've been telling you to do. And I'm like, husband, I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. I'm going to have a paid off house by this point. I'm going to have that. Da, da, da. And I started speaking it. And I was like, this is going to happen. And I had to tell him, I said, I was feeling a little bit down the other day because when I was thinking about retirement, I was like, man, I should have started earlier. And it was all these should have and could have and what happened third. And I said, you know what God did? He allowed me to go on social media that day and look up someone else testifying in a way that I was like oh okay great do you remember me ever speaking to you about Tabitha Brown on social media 
Do you follow or have you ever heard of? Okay, well, Tabitha Brown is a Christian from North Carolina. She is, listen, to know her is to love her, okay? And she is all things amazing. And the one thing that I really, really, really gravitate to is when people open up their lives in such a way that you get inspired by it. Because like I said, if you look close enough, there's always a person for your problem. But it can only be a resolve if people are willing to shed a little light into their story. And so she made this post at the most opportune time because that thing was rattling my mind. And I should have done this and I could have done that and this, that, and the third. And I looked at this post and I said, man, I'm going to call you up and I'm going to read it. So here's here it goes. I actually did a screenshot. I'm probably going to print it out and just have it where... I just keep looking at this and just getting re-inspired day after day. But here's what she said. She said, 16 years ago, literally, the weekend of Halloween, we left Greensboro, North Carolina with big dreams and moved to Los Angeles, California. We struggled for years, suffering a lot of losses and even lost faith at times. We rented for the first five years. We bought our first home in 2009 and had to sell it a year later. We became renters again for eight years, felt stuck, and thought there would be no possible way for us to ever buy again. In 2017, I had not worked and had been on disability for over a year because of my illness. I was broke but had surrendered my entire life to God. August of 2017, my husband and I sat in our backyard with our notebooks and wrote down everything we were believing in God to do. I had $386 in my account on that day, but I had limitless faith. One of those things I wrote on my list was to buy a home in 2018. Sounds crazy, right? Honey, $386 in my check-in and zero in my savings talking about buying a house. Yep, but God. Four months later, I would be driving Uber and do a video in my car eating a TTLA sandwich, and my life began to change. Halloween weekend of 2018, we bought a home. The home was and is amazing, but small. But it's what we could afford, and it was ours. I love it still, but as my career grew, so did the need for more space. Last Thanksgiving, we hosted at our home, and I shared with my family and friends that I think this will be our last holiday season in this home. I had started preparing for a larger home, and I had begun to feel the shift. My flesh kept saying, girl, y'all can't afford a bigger home in LA. But my spirit kept saying, you just keep working out and I and let God show you what he can do. Then COVID hit. And I knew for sure I was tripping, thinking we could be able to get another home. It's a pandemic happening. But God, March of this year, I got on TikTok and life changed, changed. My mind had been constantly blown these few past months like omg every day so here we are again the same week of halloween we close on a larger home and literally is a dream oh god i thank you keep dreaming believing and working and he would do the rest i'm a witness now you have no idea like i have goosebumps even reading it so yes i'm probably going to go ahead and print this up i got so inspired and I shared that with my husband because I said every time that the enemy through flesh or either earthly logic tries to make me feel it's too late, God always points me in a direction of, but I'm still working. 
I am still working. And I read this and I was like, God, you are not a favor of man. What you did for Tabitha Brown, you would do for me. What you did for me, you would do for someone else. And there's nothing in my body that wants to even try to admit that you, you're you not working in that way anymore. If you could do it for her in a house where she was like, whew, $386 in checking and nothing in savings, even though financial is not an issue. But what I see is if anything in my mind is making me think that my heart's desires is an issue, you, then I, I may have gone ahead and believed something on the earthly realm because I know a God who is limitless. And I had to go ahead and say, you know what, we're getting ready to do something different. So she wrote it in a notebook, but I took it to a whole new step this morning. This morning, I was like, God, I thank you for everything that you're doing in my life. And I spoke some things last night, but I'm going to take it to another level. I literally got a picture frame because my baby bought it for me for one of my children, my son rather, bought it for me for Mother's Day. And it was just sitting here because, you know, sometimes you're like, I need the perfect picture this that and the third because I'm a planner but what I did was I literally took that picture frame and I wrote down everything that I'm believing God for I'm going to have perfect health throughout my entire life. I'm going to climb the corporate career ladder. I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to have influence and income. I'm going to be, and I poured out what I was believing God for and what I am believing God for. And I framed that thing. I framed that thing and it is in my bathroom for me to look at every single day. And I wrote the date and I wrote the, 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 I'm talking about month, day, year, and the day of the week. And so that I can remember on this day, I declare something and it will be so. And God will finish it until the completion of my life. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm getting ready to do something different. And so I got more inspired and I was like, wait a minute, my dad-in-law retired. I was like, husband, how old is dad? And he was like, Dad, is this? I was like, wait a minute. So I was like, I'm calling him. So I called up Dad, and I'm like, Dad, can, listen, this is where I'm at in life, and I, I don't have any examples of this. And so if you can just show me, you know, a little bit of what's going on with the retirement thing and how does this look. And that conversation was so rich. We not only talked about retirement. We talked about investing. We talked about home ownership. We talked about career choices. And he was like, you know what? At the end of the conversation, he was like, I'm so glad you called me like literally and, and can you continue to call me and it was something so refreshing to hear someone who already did what it is that I'm trying to accomplish again there's always a person for your problem and during that conversation he was like you know what um you know our parents couldn't show us how to get to certain places because in their generation, they were doing something new that they never seen in their parents. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> wait a minute, you may be on to something. So I thought about it in my own life. I said, okay, looking at my maternal grandmother, my mother's mother, her mother was a slave. So there were certain things that she could not teach her, show her nothing of the sort. Like literally my grandmother had her first child in the home. She told me over a bucket of bleach and that was pretty because the bleach was supposed to draw out or meet the contractions or what have you. And that's how she had her first child, 14 pounds in a home. And I was like, hmm. And so I was thinking about all that my grandmother accomplished, the fact that she moved from Alabama, Mississippi, that area, and then went ahead and went to New York. Yeah. 
had to do it. And then, you know, continued to have her children and this, that, and the third. But what she accomplished was more than what her mother accomplished. And so there was only so much that could be taught, could be brought, could be anything, because we were very limited and set back from what happened to our people. You understand? So then my mother went ahead and took that as, okay, I'm going to go ahead and use the back of my ancestors and use it as a step to do things in her life that her ancestors up until that point never accomplished. My, my grandmother never got her driver's license. My mother was the first one to get her driver's license. My mother was a homeowner. My mother had a car. Okay. My mother had, she continued on in her education and she got a bachelor's there were certain things that in my mother's generation it was like whoa she was more wealthy and more put together than the generations before her could have even dreamed she was my ancestors wildest dreams but there were some things that was passed on that it was like man did you not know? And so you just kept doing. And I want to believe that. I want to believe that there was a lack of knowledge. And so it was just like, this is how we've been doing this. So this is how we're going to continue. Like, I wish we would have eaten different. I wish we didn't continue the hog mogs and the chitlins. And, the, you know, Thanksgiving should be delish, but it shouldn't be where we're starting to see. Okay, so you're overweight, mom, and my grandmother's overweight. And you have that particular issue with that particular organ, and so does my grandmother. Like, we're passing some stuff around down. Don't you see that this is like, hmm, this is not contagious. This is decisions I'm starting to see. Like, my grandmother had her first child at 14, and while you didn't have me at 14, you you still have me in your teenage years. There's just some information that we're not really passing down adequately or we're not having those necessary conversations. And so part of the reason why my mother told me she got her driver's license is because she didn't like the fact that my grandmother was dependent on granddaddy or the neighbor or whomever to go ahead and get groceries and whatever. So she made this affirmation in her heart when she was younger that I'm never going to depend on nobody to get where I got to get. And so there was some stuff that was actually shown. And I believe believe there's two ways of learning you either are taught it or you are shown it and so my mother saw something that she didn't like and she was like oh for me I'm gonna do something different and while that is awesome I really feel like the nectar sometimes is being taught different and so I am at a place in my life that I really listen. If I can't go ahead and go on my Rolodex and my contacts and my phone and call a person up and say, hey, can you show me different that I'm going to go ahead and Google and do the same thing with my phone and I'm going to be taught different. There is something that we have to do different. And I'm like, God, is it just this wind? Is it just something in the air? Is this, you know, am I just eating different and I'm like wait a minute you know is something happening different for me and the Holy Spirit was like what you're doing you don't even know that it's biblical that you're putting forth this spiritual application I was like what do you mean he was like real quick go to Deuteronomy 30 and I want you to read what was told to your people I said okay so I real quick just wanted to read 15 you know I read in the NLT version right so it says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 15 now listen Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. 16. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commandments, 
degrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. I'm going to skip over 17 because I don't even want to read what happens when you don't follow the Lord because it's not an option. Okay, great. But 19, hone in on this. Verse 19 says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curse. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you may choose life so that you and your descendants may live. DJ Scratch, hold on. Give me that last sentence again. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Now, time out, God. I know I read in the NLT version, um, but real quick, what 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 do you mean that um, that with I choose? Okay, oh that you may choose, so that you and your descendants might live. God, are you saying that the things that I do kind of trickles over to what happens in my future generations? He's like, yeah, keep reading. I said, okay, verse 20. Uh, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I said, God, did you do that strategically? Did you strategically give us three generations of people so that we can see that they all benefited from the decision that Abraham made? That Abraham gave, you know, he was the father of Isaac and that Isaac was the father of Jacob and that all of that is pretty much a nice little synopsis of what you were saying that what you choose, (laughs) please go ahead and choose right so that you and your descendants might live. He said, exactly. You know how many times in Kings I wanted to go ahead and demolish all the Kings and tell them have a nice day. But I kept coming back to the fact that I made a covenant with David, that there will always be a King from his bloodline. So as much as I wanted to go ahead and off them, I couldn't because there was a choice that was made by David and a declaration and a covenant that was made with David that will last throughout his generations. I was like, Oh, So is that where we got generational curses and generational blessings from God? He was like, exactly. That's why when you go to the doctor, they ask you, is it any of this in your bloodline? (laughs) Do do you have a history of this particular illness, this particular mental health issue, this particular? Where is that in your bloodline? Like medical and science don't even realize that they're asking you something based on a, a spiritual principle. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then the Holy Spirit hit me with an acne acre. He said, yeah, you know, generational curse and yeah generational um blessings but we what we don't realize is they're all dependent on generational choices I said bro you done blew my mind he said I know that's why I'm the Holy Spirit I said okay I see you Trinity (laughs) it's nothing Godhead but wow like have you ever noticed that That the Bible is literally illustrating to us the generational choices that a person makes trickles down to. That because of Rahab, what she did, she saved a whole household and her generations to come. Like there were certain things that it was like, oh my goodness. And we see it illustrated. We see it and we're like, I don't think we put that two and two together and made that for. And so where I'm seeing, okay, that makes sense now. 
the illnesses is because that's the way grandmama ate and that's the way mama ate and that's the way we keep eating and that's the, huh and the way that we handle money and that's how such and such handle money huh okay and then home ownership and then it's like you know what god i finally came to the decision i said i'm on a quest to learn my way out of setbacks mhm like i wanted in my timeline but i want to change it from my bloodline Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so serious about us not suffering anymore. I'm so serious about us not having setbacks anymore. I'm so serious about, yeah, you know what, that's how we started, but that's not how we going in and finish. I am so serious about that thing. It's like, listen, I'm going to speak this thing. I'm going to live this thing. I'm going to walk this thing out until I see it. I heard something on a podcast with Anthony O'Neill, and I was like, that's going to become my mantra, and I hope that I don't chop it up. He said, speak what you want to see until you see what you speak spoke and that was so powerful to me that I was like you know what (laughs) I'm gonna teach my children how to speak it's one thing to go ahead and correct them when they're like her is bothering me you like "Uh uh-uh she is bothering me it's one thing to teach them that way it's another thing to hear your child say man you know what my back is killing me you like "Uh uh-uh nothing kills you in the name of Jesus and it probably sounds real churchy but you want to change how they speak you ain't gonna never hear me use the word broke in the name of Jesus we don't have it I'm never speaking that I would bind that in the name of Jesus we are nothing the language that I use with my children is I will budget for that The language that I use with my children sounds a lot different than what I heard my mother say. The language that I will use and teach my children is don't speak that into existence. My children, (laughs) before they can even vote, have been old enough to vote, have been using certain verbiages that I didn't use when I was younger. My daughter literally says, you know what, I'm not going to speak that. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Literally, that's her statement, and she's in middle school. So it's like, it, what what different what happened differently in her timeline that didn't happen in mine that I am training them to speak a certain way and it sounds a lot like listen your mouth and your words is a canvas I don't open up a bible and showed you in Genesis that God created everything that we could physically see now by speaking and so if you don't want to see it in your life if you don't want to let there be what you getting ready to speak then don't speak that and I made my children aware of that very, very clearly to the point that I will go ahead and say, is that what you want to see? So then don't speak that. And I started making them very, very cautious to the visual that they were speaking. And I want to make them more visual to their finances. And I want to go ahead. And again, I'm teaching them it, but I also want to show them that. I want to show them a marriage that is healthy, a marriage that is prosperous, a marriage that is something that you want to be in. How you pick that particular marriage is crucial in the beginning. How you go ahead and date, that's crucial to where you're going. And so there's so many things that I'm like, oh, my goodness. I don't think we realized that it was generational choices that didn't produce either a generational curse or generational blessing. So that's my challenge to you. What generational choices are you making now? Do you understand that it's not just as important as where you decide to live for now or who you decide to date for now? There is nothing that you are currently doing in your life that is a for now, that everything that you're doing is literally for your generations to come. And I know that that's a lot of pressure. 
But the awesome thing about God is that he's not trying to make this a riddle that you can never go ahead and, you know, conclude or solve. He's not trying to do that. He's literally telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you <laughs> and I'm sending you as much help as I possibly can because I want you to get this right so that I can continue to flow through the generations to come. What in your life do you need to choose differently in? Is it finances? Is it eating? Is it how you take care of your mental health? Is it who you decide to go ahead and mm, date, uh, be friends with, where you decide to live, how you speak? I know that during this conversation, I know for certain, I'm not even a gambling woman, but I can go ahead and bet it that the Holy Spirit triggered one area or maybe even two that he was like, see, and this is what I've been trying to get your attention on. And you were like, oh, snap. <laughs> but is it too late? No, because he wouldn't have let you hear this conversation. You see what I'm saying? It is something so awesome to know that God is working with you. And that everything that is happening in your life is happening for you. That you are not too late. That it is not over. That it is not, oh man, well, you should, if I knew then what I knew now. And you don't have to even do all that. Because if you're hearing it now, you still have a chance to go ahead and turn this thing around. Do you understand that? I promise you, like, I know that what I'm feeling is not just for me. And that's why I came home and picked up the phone as fast as I could and was like, you know what, if we're going to do this together, I promise you. But listen, if that whole picture frame thing, like I know I read Tabitha Brown wrote it in a book and I have a couple of things that I wrote in the book too, but the picture frame was more of a, mm, that was something for me. Do whatever it is that's going to give you that mm, inspiration, however it needs to look for you. You can go ahead. Listen, it's not copywritten. You can go ahead and do the picture frame thing now. You Go ahead and do it. Make it real, real pretty, however you want to do it. You can go ahead and get a mirror and just have nothing but sticky notes. But that's your mirror of when I, <laughs> you can do the mirror, mirror on the wall situation. But when you looking in that mirror, you're just speaking what the sticky notes say so that you can speak it into your future. So that when you're taking each sticky note off and you're like, God did it, you start seeing you more and more in that mirror. Isn't that inspirational too? So whatever like makes you stirred up that you're like, oh, that inspires me. I want you to do that. Because we're going to start making generational choices differently so that our bloodline benefits from us being born. Do you see what I'm saying? Listen, I feel like you got what you needed. No, I'm not. Mm -mm, I don't. I feel like you got what you needed. And I know that this wasn't all average, like hooping, hollering, just on the third and me going in and ranching. But sometimes I just need to go ahead and just recline back in the chair and say real quick, let me holler at you. Because I know when the Holy Spirit's flowing through me and it's like, mm, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and spread some of this wisdom. I'm not going to be selfish with it. Listen, I'm not going to be selfish with it. But you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are, right? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you but your favorite homegirl. So it would behoove you, okay, to answer your phone, pay your phone bill first, but also answer your phone and keep it charged, okay? Like, because at some point, you're going to send me to a voicemail, and it's going to be a bad idea. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, okay? But listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Uh. I do feel a little grumbling in my stomach, and that means, you know, I need to go ahead and eat. And, uh, yeah, so we will uh, come together again and do this at a later time. Okay, great? All right. So I'll talk to you later. Later. <laughs>